trying to put it into words will be difficult, perhaps futile, because what I experienced next defies language. I felt myself rising. That's the only word I can think to describe it, but I had the distinct sensation of rising above the cacophony of the live performance. All the while, I continued to play, maintaining the internal conversation with myself from above as I viewed my physical body down below on the stage. I still hadn't taken a breath, as I knew I should, as I knew I must, and I wondered, have I passed out? Rising yet higher, I looked down as I floated over the entire concert hall. The band was still cooking with incredible intensity behind me on the stage, laser lights flashing. The crowd was up, watching in eager anticipation of who knows what. And I was up, drifting way up above it all, watching myself play, watching myself turning red from lack of breath, watching myself trying so hard to get to where I now undoubtedly was, not realizing that I had already entered the zone. All at once I got the shivers just thinking about this out-of-body experience. After so many years of struggling to get there, I had arrived at where I thought I had wanted to be. I continued to rise, higher and yet higher, until something scared me to the core of my soul. Something, or someone, brushed against my arm. In a panic, I looked down to the stage below and saw there was no one close enough to me, no one in a position to touch me. I felt it again, this time with a whisper of cold breath in my ear as my arm was brushed a second time. Then I heard the voice. Hey, kid. I knew that voice so well, and that's what scared me beyond salvation. It was the voice of Trumpet Man. I looked down again, and I could see and hear my physical self on stage spilling out my deepest emotions. But high above it all, my spiritual self was jolted, reeling from the stabbing pain I had tried so desperately to suppress every time I thought about this moment in time that now seemed destined to escape my self-imposed confines. I was in full control of the music below, while totally out of control emotionally above, which scared me far more than hearing his voice. In hindsight, I now know this was the very moment I first waded headlong into the waters of revelation, for Trumpet Man had indeed died in my very arms a year prior. I had been with him that night, playing yet another wedding gig, Afterwards, we were enjoying our traditional cup of coffee together at a local bistro, as had become our custom. Without warning, he abruptly closed his eyes in pain only a moment before his head fell to the table with a loud thud. I rushed over to his side, knocking my chair to the floor in the process, and cradled his head in my arms. He opened his eyes, looking up at me so helplessly as he murmured words I can never forget. Hey, kid, remember me. Those had been Trumpet Man's last words. He died looking into my eyes, never closing his own. I sensed the people as they formed a semicircle around our table, 
hesitating in that obscene moment of fear before offering help. I heard their whispers, but I was oblivious to their presence. Everything was a blur of indistinguishable sights and sounds in my mind. If only he hadn't opened his eyes before departing, maybe my life would have been different without this story to tell. But peering directly into the eyes of someone you love as death overtakes that person is a perverted intimacy that you can never forget or overcome. I knew the moment his soul departed his body, for in that instant his eyes became clouded and unfocused. But I could do nothing but stand there, frozen, convinced that if I merely maintained eye contact, he would emerge from his nightmare. After what seemed to me to be mere scant seconds in the continuum of time, the sound of the siren cut through my defenses. Then I heard the shouts, Give us some room, move, move aside. The paramedics rushed to our table. Contrary to all the stories I'd ever heard, there was no death grip to deal with. No, someone all too gently lifted Trumpet Man's right hand from my shoulder, though I couldn't remember him placing it there. The paramedic spent the better part of ten minutes desperately trying to revive him from his eyes open sleep to no avail. I stood there and watched, hearing nothing, seeing no one. I was hustled into the ambulance for the trip to the hospital, or perhaps the morgue, I knew not which. This was my first experience with death, you see, and I was in shock, I suppose, because I refused to believe that he had passed on, or through, or whatever the case may be. For me, he never left. To this day, I still expect he'll sashay into my next gig, trumpet in hand, eager and ready to share his own gift with me. In my dreams, I endlessly relive those final moments. I can't say that I saw fear in his eyes in those last seconds. Rather, I sensed profound confusion, as if his mind was spinning out of control with his last second plea smothered by lack of oxygen. No, wait, I'm not ready yet. Now, floating so high above that foreign stage, I was terrified. Convinced that I was about to enter a dimension I was far too young to contemplate. So I did what I instinctively knew I had to do to save myself. I breathed long, deep, wrenching breaths. Instantaneously, I was back on stage, back in the moment, down on my knees, gasping for breath, soaking up the thunderous applause from the audience, sensing the shocked looks of disbelief on the faces of the musicians behind me as I turned my head to salvage my bearings. The standing ovation continued, the crowd now realizing they had witnessed something they would likely never see or hear again in this lifetime. I slowly got to my feet, exhausted beyond anything I'd ever felt before. It was all I could do to drag my battered body off stage, where I collapsed onto the floor, barely managing to keep my horn from crushing damage. Thankfully, the curtains drew to a close, and the show was over. The other musicians came running off the stage towards me, fear in their eyes as they saw me sprawled on the floor, saxophone cradled protectively on my chest. 
The first to reach me was the piano player. He, an ebony-skinned Jamaican named Ivory Keys. It was all I could do to gather enough strength to ask him what had just happened. You be way out there, somewhere none of us ever been, to be sure. Confused, I demanded, Ivory, how long? Ivory answered with a look of wide-eyed amazement, About twenty minutes, Woody Man. With that, Ivory helped me to my feet and half carried me into the dressing room where I collapsed into a heap, unable to find the strength to keep my weary eyes from closing. But something else was at work here, something I didn't understand. <laughs> 